Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to once again take another break from Psalms as we do every other Wednesday night. I thought since it's the uh, Christmas season as we celebrate as a family and as consumers and things of this nature, you kind of notice probably from about Thanksgiving to the first of the year, people start acting a little different, seem like being a little kinder a little more goodwill toward me unless you're fighting over some toy at Walmart. Now, that might be a little different. But this something about this time of year makes people um, most of the time think a little bit different, uh, show some goodwill toward their fellow man, and seem to be just a little bit kinder and a little bit more grateful. We start thinking about more things this, uh, this time of year. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is being grateful. Uh, you know, it's when you start thinking about being grateful, uh, the definition of grateful is this. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for, and return of kindness. Um, that should be the Christian character all year long, shouldn't it? I mean, that's how we should be. Uh, when you start thinking about being grateful, uh, it, it's, it's kind of like love. Um, we don't always feel grateful. We always, there's circumstances around us sometimes we, uh, it, it's just not something at the forefront of our mind, but it should be a choice that we make that that's what we're going to do. Just like love, you know, you make a choice to love someone. You make a choice to, to act a certain way towards someone. And I think grateful falls into uh, that category. But I think there's a little bit more of a concerted effort this time of year in doing that but maybe we need to understand that that's something as Christians that uh, we need to do every day of the year. Take, for example, look at some of these verses. In Psalms 92, verses 1 and 2, it says, Is it good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night? So day and night, these verses say that we are to praise and thank God. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 4 and 2, he says, uh, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So not only earnest in prayer, but earnest in prayer with thanksgiving to God, being thankful for the things in which God uh, has provided us with. He also said in Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And in Psalms 116, verse 17, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Um, you know, when we think about all of these verses that talk about we should be grateful, we should be thankful, but unfortunately... And I guess I can speak for myself. You'll have to speak for yourself. I don't know that I'm as grateful as I should be. You know, when you start thinking um, about everything that goes on in your life, you think about everything that you have, uh, the people that's around you, sometimes we can get caught up in our own little world to where we're not quite as grateful as we should be. Uh, we, we look at things maybe a little differently than we should. I think a good example of this is in Luke 17. In Luke 17, beginning at verse 11, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
Then as he entered a certain village, they met him ten who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And so it was, as, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now, I, I, I've heard a lot of sermons. I've read this account many times about the one leper coming back, how the nine wasn't thankful. And I didn't really think of it um, from Jesus' point of view, from God's point of view. Notice here, we see Jesus' emotional response to this ingratitude of the nine lepers. I think it gives us a glimpse into the heart of God. Do you think it disappoints God when we're not grateful? You know, do we ever think about God being disappointed? You know, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if I sometimes think of it from those terms. You know, when I look at my children, it disappoints me when they're not grateful. It disappoints me when they're not grateful for the things in which they have. You know, they're not grateful for the things in which that are around them. And it's no different with God, is it? You know, he looks at his children. You see all the things that he did for us. You see all the advantages that we have, all the gifts that bestowed, the things that's around. And where is our gratefulness? And maybe we need to look and, and think about what God sees. Think about what that means to him, how disappointed he can be in us. Now, uh, I want us tonight, I want us to look and, and realize that sometimes we take God's goodness for granted. We, we receive great blessings, yet uh, we don't give God our gratitude. Um, Barclay says this. He says, so often once a man has got what he wants... He never comes back. And you think about that. You think about when even in our prayers, you know, Paul talked about us earnestly praying to God and being thankful and being grateful for these things. Think about the request that we make to God. And we receive those requests. What do we do with them? How do we feel about them? Are we thankful for them? Are we thankful for the things in which we have in our lives? Are we thankful for the things even when things don't go like we think they should but they work out for the best. Are we thankful for that? Are we grateful for that? Do we look at those things and, and, and realize that uh, how good that we really have it? You know, we, 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 we talk a lot about the Christian life being tough, being a hard road, you know, with persecution and things that's going on around in their world. But a lot of times maybe we forget about how good it is to be a Christian, how important it is, how grateful we should be that we even have the opportunity to serve God. That, you know, we were in a world of darkness and, and God came and brought that light. How grateful are we for the light that we received? That we have that opportunity to have. Um, I think sometimes, and again, speaking for myself, uh, maybe we're not as grateful as we should be. In Psalms 103 and verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I mean, think about the benefits that we have. Um, 
you know, uh, Trent had a lesson, uh, hadn't been that many Sunday nights ago, about the benefit package of, of being a Christian and, and how great that is. That's what got me kind of thinking about this, of, of all the things, you know, we count the cost, we look at the things that, that we have to give up, we look at the sacrifices that we make, that, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we're living sacrifices. And we think about all these sacrifices and talk about how heaven's going to be worth every one of them. And it is. But do we think about how great it is to be a Christian? Even in this dark world, and in spite of this dark world, or maybe because of this dark world, how great it is to be walking in the light. We could still be in the darkness, couldn't we? We could still be there without hope. But he brought hope to us. And I think that's something that we should be uh, grateful for. But in most cases, I think... Sometimes we forget the blessings of God and we don't return to say thank you. Now why do we think that uh, we're inclined maybe to forget God and, and live sometimes as, I guess, ungrateful people? I, I think there's a couple reasons. And again, I, I just look at myself and try to think, why am I not as grateful as I probably should be? And I think one of them is because of material things now i don't consider myself rich i don't consider myself having a lot of material things but i tell you i'm a whole lot better off than a lot of people are uh you think about a lot of people that don't have the things that we have i mean think about it we have we have nice cars we have nice homes we worship in a nice building we have a lot of advantages that a lot of people don't have um so when it comes to being rich i think we're rich aren't we we're rich, you know, we think about material things. I think we're rich in material things compared to a lot of people. We have a lot of things, but what happens with a lot of those things? Because of those things, I think sometimes we can, um, maybe we can feel a little bit um, entitled that, you know, uh, when we think about the things that we have, it just causes us maybe to want more things. And and. But maybe sometimes we don't think our, of ourselves as rich. We, we, we compare ourselves, okay, I may have this car, but I think, boy, I'm, I'm not doing good because I don't have this particular car. I don't have this particular house, you know. It's like my grandma told me when I was just real little. She said, you know, nobody wants a Cadillac when everybody you knew had a mule. She said it's when they started getting things that people started wanting other things. And I, and I think about that a lot. You know, it, it's because... You know, what would you want if you didn't see anybody else have those things? But the more that we see, the more that we want a lot of times. But we still don't consider ourselves maybe as rich. I read this thing, and I thought it was kind of, uh, kind of neat. Charles Barkley, of course a former NBA basketball star, he said, to, he said that his mother was upset because he had voted for George Bush in, in that particular election. And he said that she said to him, Charles, George Bush is the rich people's president. And he said, Mom, we are the rich people. <laughs> you know, and I, and I got to thinking about that. And when you look at the, the place in which we live in, you, you look at this country with all the problems that it has, there's a lot of countries that's a lot worse. You know, there's a, uh, uh, I always thought it's been now, I don't even know when I went, 2003 maybe? When I went to India, I still think about that. You talk about a culture shock. You know, I, I realize that uh, 
you know, probably my kids suffered more than anything because when I come back, every time they complain, I said, do you want to know what kids over there have? And they, they got tired of hearing that after a while. But that, that, that was all that was on my mind for a long time. And I think as the years went by, I kind of forgot what I saw sometimes. You know, I still think about it, but it's hard to remember, you know, what some of them had to go through. But I do remember talking to somebody one time and think, you know, why, why is all this worth it to you? Going through all this pain and suffering, threatened to be killed, being beat, being outcast. And they always said the same thing, because there's something better. There's something better than what's in this world, and that's what we want. Uh, maybe that's the attitude we need to have. You know, be grateful for what we have, whether it may not be as much as we think somebody else has, or maybe it's uh, we start feeling like we're entitled to what we have, and it just becomes about me. Um, i seen a bumper sticker one time said, all the things that I have, all the things that I accomplished in this world, I wouldn't have done it without me. And when I first seen that, and I thought, well, that's true. That's taking some pride in what you accomplished. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, that's the wrong kind of attitude to have. You know, we start thinking, well, I earned this. I, I, I needed this. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's because of who I am, and I deserve to have this. What exactly do we deserve to have? I mean, really. I mean, think about it. We work hard. We, we earn a living. We try to have the things that, that, that we need in life. But I think the line has been blurred between need and want, isn't it? It's amazing uh, what I think I need a lot of times. You know, I think I need that little thing that's, well, I don't even know where it's at now, sitting over on view. My phone. I think I need that. I've, I, I've drove a long way to go back and get it where I've left. You know, because I'm worried I'm going to miss this phone call or, or something's going to happen or, or something like that, you know. We're just tied to these things and it, we just think that it becomes a need instead of a want. You know, uh, I mean, you can just look at, uh, you know, drive through Cookville and you see all these individuals that got signs. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if, if they need food. I don't know if they're homeless. You, you can't ever tell anymore. But I have noticed one thing. Every single one that I've seen on the sidewalk has a cell phone. You know, every single one of them. You know, I, I couldn't imagine not having a home, but, you know, I've got a cell phone. Uh, they, got, they can do, you know, whatever. And I'm, the point I'm trying to make is what becomes a necessity to us may not be a necessity, is it? You know, we, we start thinking we're entitled to have that. And I think sometimes that can keep us from uh, being grateful like we should be because maybe we think that uh, I'm entitled to it. You know, I'm entitled to the things that, that I have. I, I used to love when my, my children used to start talking, and I did this too when I was home, you know, start talking allowance. I, I, I need my allowance. I need this. And I'm like, okay. Well, just like my mom told me, you're allowed to live here. You're allowed to eat here. You're allowed to sleep here. You're allowed to do all these. She said, look, sound like to me you got a pretty good allowance. You know, I was thinking, you know, no, I need some green stuff in my hand. This is the kind of allowance I think I'm entitled to. No, I wasn't entitled to it. You know, there's things in which, uh, again, I think it's just how we, uh, what we become accustomed to. Um, and I think, ultimately, it, it may be the downfall of ourselves when we start thinking we're entitled for things instead of thinking that, uh, all the gifts that we have comes from God anyway, doesn't it? Our ability to work, the things that we have around us, the things that we enjoy, that we take for granted. 
I mean, how often do we take for granted the breath we take until we can't take it anymore? You know, how often do we, you know, take for granted the, the, the water we drink till maybe we don't have it? The food we eat till we don't have it. The rain that we have till we don't see it. You know, there's a lot of things that we see each and every day and participate in each and every day that, where does that come from? But a lot of times we don't think about it until it's not there. So I think that may be a hindrance to us being grateful is maybe uh, the things that we've acquired that we think that we've acquired them just by ourselves. And I think that, any comments on that before we go to the next point? Think that's true? Or do you think everything we get is because it's just us? You think that bumper sticker was right, Jeremy? You know, I, I I consider myself sometimes in my family the fixer. If I see something, I feel like it's always my responsibility to fix it. You know, I, I'm in control of it, so it's my responsibility to take care of it. If I see a need, it's my responsibility to fill it. And that's true to a certain extent as a father and as a husband. But when we start thinking, taking God out of the equation, and, and we, we, you know, I don't like to think that I depend on anybody. You know, it, it, it's hard for me to think something, something that involves my livelihood depends on someone else. Well, we all depend on somebody, don't we? I mean, we depend on somebody for our, our jobs. We depend on somebody for a, a lot of things. You know, you go to the grocery store. Somehow or another, that food got there, didn't it? So we depend on somebody for, for the things in which we actually need in our lives. And I think we forget that. We forget even... To the, the ultimate, you know, we forget God uh, in that equation. And, and if you read through Scripture, you notice a lot of things that, that individuals, especially in, in, in uh, taking care of the nation of, of Israel as he's bringing them through, a lot of hardships, they, it was a blessing and they didn't realize it of learning their dependence upon God, wouldn't it? You know, God had to bring them to a place to where they didn't have anything else to do but look up. There, there was no other way out. There was no other way of getting what they were needing unless it was going to come from God. And I think God would take them to the point to where they realized there's nowhere else just so he could do that. Just like, uh, I think it was Sunday, I believe John was talking about, like the military, you know, breaking them down to, to build you back up. That, that, that's what God does to, to show this is what, one, you can be, and, and showing this is what I need you to be, and this is what you are. To, to show us who we truly are, and who we truly are is someone that is totally dependent upon Him. And that's what He wants for us. But once we realize that, everything else is going to fall into place. I realize what my responsibility is. I realize what my role is on this earth, in this family, uh, in, in this church. This is where my role is. I've got a part to play, but mine is just a part. You know, I'm, I, I may be the finger, I may be the hand, I may be the pinky toe. I don't know where I am within this, but I, I'm, I'm not the head. You know, I, I'm not the one that controls it. I'm just a part of it. And, and that's what we have to realize to be grateful. I'm grateful I'm in the body. 
Does it matter what part of the body we are? It, it doesn't matter. It, it, what matters is I'm part of the body and who the head is. But I think the things that we have, we think that we can do it separate and apart from that. It starts becoming about us instead of, instead of about him. And I think that can be a hindrance um, to our, our gratefulness. And I think that goes right along the lines of this is, is maybe pride. We, we, we may be prideful uh, because we think we have earned all the things that we received. Uh, as I said, that bumper sticker, I couldn't do it without me. I think that's what it becomes. Psalms 10 and verse 4 says this. The wicked is proud in his proud countenance, does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. So think about it. Think about the decisions that we make. Think about the things that we accomplish. Think about the things in which we do that we should have a sense of pride about. But does that pride stop with me? Or does that pride continue up that I'm proud to be, again, part of that body? Part of, you know, having that opportunity that God has given me that opportunity to be able to do that. You know, I, I can't just sit back and say, okay, God, I want the blessings to come and, and you'll give me everything that I need and, and I don't have to do anything uh, uh, to do it. Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What? I'll know what my responsibility is. I'll know the things that I accomplish. Yeah, I can take pride that I'm a child of God. But remember, it's not about us. It's about him. I, I need to be grateful that I'm... I, I'm part of that. And sometimes it's hard, hard for us to realize that. Pride can, pride can do a lot of damage. That's why it says, you know, pride comes before the fall. Now, there's a difference in being prideful and taking pride in something. Uh, and sometimes it's hard. We kind of blur the lines and, and try to see whether we even know the difference of it. Um, but again, it's where it becomes just about us. Like I was saying before, how many times do we, do we involve God in the decisions that we make? That we thank God for the accomplishments that we, we achieve in this world. That you know, we earnestly seek Him with thanksgiving. The, the wicked doesn't give God any thought. So think about what you do every day. How much thought do you give to God? How much is He a part of our lives? And if He's not at all... So is this verse talking about us? You know, what does it take to be wicked? You know, when we think of wicked, we think of some, some awful individual out there. But what does it take to actually be wicked? If I'm not including God in my thoughts, am I part of that group? It, it, it's just something to think about, I believe. Then what does that do? We... we, we the things that we have can cause us not to be grateful because we're not grateful for them. Our, our pride about the things that we have and the things that we accomplish can hinder us from being grateful. Maybe people that we hang around can cause us not to be grateful. Uh, do you know any negative people? If you don't, I know what the answer is. <laughs> You're that negative person, you know. Uh, I, I had a, a gentleman at work one day get very upset with me I mean very upset we were having some issues and some things were, were happening and it just seemed like it was one problem after another I was putting out one fire after another or something that he had caused and uh, so I was talking to him and I told him I said maybe it's like my wife tells me all the time if I've got a problem with everybody around me 
then I'm the problem. And I said, maybe that's the problem that you're having. And he didn't take that very well, <laughs> not very well at all. Uh, so we had about a year and a half absence there where he had to leave for a little while. But, you know, I think about that in my life. I start thinking of all the problems that I have, then maybe I have to realize maybe I'm the problem. But what we have to realize, too, individuals can influence us to be complainers, to be negative, not to be grateful, not to be... There's some individuals that just seems to me are just happy being unhappy, not grateful for anything in their lives. Um, you know, my wife and, and I had this conversation just right before church. I come home from, from work, and I, I come in, and uh, she said, how's your day? And I said, it's been a pretty grumpy day. You know, I've kind of been grumpy all day long. And, you know, I was expecting, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and she said, what in the world do you have to be grumpy about? And then that made me grumpy because she said that, you know. But then I got to thinking about it. That's true. You know, then she asked me, well, is there anything you need to talk about? Is there anything, you know. But really, I got to thinking about that. I didn't have an answer for that. I didn't have one thing in this world to be grumpy about, you know. And, and I start thinking about that. How many times do I project that influence on those that's around me you know I, I i'm supposed to represent christ so if i'm projecting that kind of influence of of just being negative and complaining uh what good does that do what kind of influence is that someone's going to look and say well i can get that in the world if that's if that's going on there what why would i want to live any different or do any different than, than what i'm doing now and I think that's what happens a lot of times is uh, individuals or ourselves can influence those around. And it may be we learned it. We learned to be uh, negative. We learned to be complaining and didn't even realize we were learning it or didn't realize we were teaching that. We can teach complaining and negativity to our children, can't we? Maybe by the things that we say. I mean, think about your conversation when, when you leave services every Sunday. What is that about? Is it about, uh, and I'm sorry, John, is it about sermon went too long? It, you know, it won't be that, would it? Oh, well, I, just say I was preaching that day. <laughs> uh, uh, is it that the sermon was too long? Is it that the building was too cold or too hot? Is it about, the, I mean, really think about, and it may seem like general conversation. You know, it may be, whew, I'll never get a seat at LTAP today. We went too long, you know. I mean, and it may seem to us as general conversation, but our child's listening to that and say, that's what they got out of that service today. That that's what stuck in their mind. Not what John said, not what come from God's word, but what they were thinking for afterwards. And it may be something innocent, you know, just conversation like that that may seem like nothing to us, but maybe we're teaching our children to complain. We're teaching them to be negative. Um, and that's something I think uh, uh, that we need to consider, that we need to think about. Uh, are, we, are we doing that? Uh, sometimes we think uh, that it shouldn't matter, you know, that, that somebody can't influence me in a certain way. But I think you'd be surprised how somebody could could uh, uh, influence you, and you don't even realize you're being influenced. And I may have told this story. I, I'm sure I had. I've been here long enough to have told this. I can remember at Congregation I was at, I, I tested that theory 
about raining. It was pouring down the rain. So I stood, I was the first one at the church building, I stood at the door, and the first, I think it was like 10 people that came in, all I talked about was how horrible that rain was. Oh, it, it's horrible. You know, it can't do anything for it raining. I got every one of them to say the same thing. Can't do anything without that raining. I, so the next 10, I call them coming in and complaining about the rain. I start saying, boy, aren't you glad it's raining today? Boy, we ain't had rain in so long. I bet the crop's doing good. Got every one of them changed their attitude on about the rain. Just by what I was saying and doing. So then, that's what I taught on that night. And then... About 20 of them was mad at me when we left because I changed their, changed their attitude. But I, I was just kind of testing. I thought, how easy am I influenced by what somebody says? Or how easy is it for me to influence somebody else? You can change the mood of someone. You can change someone's outlook. You can brighten someone's day that, that's having a bad day. Maybe someone is, is grumpy and, and we don't realize what they're going through. And Maybe there's something we can do not to make them grumpy anymore. Maybe there's something that we can say. I don't know what kind of day they had. I, I don't know what kind of news they received. You know, I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know. I may be complaining because they're complaining. But maybe I need to offer a helping hand to help them to alleviate whatever it is they're complaining about. It, it all comes down to our attitude of gratitude. If I'm thankful for the things that I have, I can project that and influence somebody else to do the same thing. And isn't Christianity a lot about that? Because the ultimate thing we're grateful for is God sending His Son, and I need to show that I'm grateful for that. I need to show that my life exempts that. And, and that could affect a person's health, couldn't it? Their attitude for something. Uh, it, it's amazing what people can complain about, and it is amazing what you can, you know, change. We were just talking over here. We got talking about the candy, and I said, you know, I got in trouble at work. I had some people actually come in and make a formal complaint at work because uh, the, the mints were changed to the green ones. You know, the green mints that you get, peppermint, but I... You know, uh, I bought the green ones one time. I didn't tell them I was the one that bought them. I just said, okay, I'll, I'll make sure the ones who buy that knows that, you know. But it just amazed me. They're in here trying to comfort someone that has lost a loved one, and they have to come to the office to make a formal complaint because the, the mints are green. You know, got the green stripe instead of the red stripe. It, it just amazes me. I wanted to say something else to them. But I, I was nice, and I said, well, I'll, I'll be sure they know this, and we'll try to get that took care of, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I've got a, another bag or two of that in the closet I'm going to have to get rid of. How am I going to do that, you know? Uh, so I eat a lot of green mints. But, it, I mean, it really comes down to have we really got to, our, to the point in, in, in our lives to where that's something that we're truly worthy of complaining about, that – you know, everything that's going on around, like at the funeral home, that, that people are suffering, people are going through, you know, a, a very trying time, but that's what's on your mind is what color the mints are and how they taste. 
it, it just amazes me how we have gotten to. But, you know, and I got to watching, and the reason, especially that one was, because somebody else was complaining about it. Then they started complaining, he talked them into coming in and talking to me. They didn't want to do it themselves. So it's the influence that somebody else could have. It, it's just, it, it, it's, we don't realize the effect that we can have on somebody, and, and we need to make sure that we take note of that, or the effect that someone can have on us. Maybe it's the circumstances of our lives that keep us from being grateful. Exodus 14, beginning at verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because, uh, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? And I tell you, this is the most amazing one to me. Uh, now, as they got into the wilderness, there's a lot of other things that they complained. But look how fresh it was to them of seeing the plagues, the judgments that God brought on Egypt, of them crying out to God some 400 years to deliver them, the taskmasters, how hard that they were making it on them. They were delivered out, and the first place that they get, when God took them there, in other words, when he, when he got them to that point, that they would say, why would you bring us out here? Why would you do that? You know, what caused them to think like that? I think fear. I, I, I think fear probably caused them to be grateful because I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been afraid or not if I'd seen what they'd seen in Egypt. Now they got to the point where you got the sea, got the Egyptian army, God bringing them to a place where there's no other hope except for him. So can there be times when circumstances causes us to be ungrateful? When circumstances aren't what we think they should be, when circumstances are hard, when they look, you know, dire, when we look at our life and we see some of the hardships, you know, when we read this list of people being sick or, or people at the funeral home, people at the hospital, when we see that, is there any gratefulness that we can see in that? When we see these circumstances, how can we be grateful in those times? Well, I'm first to tell you, I think every circumstance that we find I don't know that I'm grateful with them. But can we still be grateful in those circumstances? I think that's where the difference is. Uh, in this situation, they weren't very grateful uh, for what, uh, uh, what was going on in their life. So what do we need to do? When we, when we have these things happen, whether it's circumstances, whether it's people around us, whether it's the things that we have, whether it's pride, all of these things, and we'll... we'll uh, try to sum this up, how can we be grateful and have a better attitude? I, well, I think uh, we need to realize, one, gratitude makes God happy. Uh, and isn't that what we're trying to do? Don't, don't we want to please God? In, in 2 Chronicles 5, beginning at verse 13, it says, Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers uh, were as one to make one sound to be heard, uh, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, will be filled with a cloud, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. What were they doing? They were praising God. They were thanking God. Did it please God? 
Well, absolutely it pleased God. It, it pleases Him to, to thank Him, to be grateful uh, for the things in which we have. Uh, and we need to avoid, I think, uh, make a conscious effort to avoid complaining, avoid being negative. Because that robs us of that grateful attitude that we should have. Numbers 11 and verse 1. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. His anger was aroused, so the fire of the Lord burned among them, consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Psalm 77 verse 3. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. So what do we need to do? I think we need to realize we need to make a personal choice to be grateful. Choose. Every morning we wake up, I'm going to be grateful today. I'm going to be thankful today for the things that I have. I'm going to find something to rejoice about. And whatever the situation that I am, whatever circumstances come my way, there's something to rejoice about. Uh, in Philippians 4, beginning at verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are, are, uh, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Where did Paul write this from? Jail? Notice this is what he was thinking. This was his attitude. This is what he was telling us to have the attitude about. Rejoice. Be thankful. Meditate on the good things. He said this in a pretty bad circumstance. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. And everything give thanks for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. So we need to develop a daily discipline of giving thanks. We need to develop a daily discipline of being grateful. Make the choice to. We may not feel like it. The circumstances around us may not make us feel like rejoicing. The people around us may not make us feel like that. The things that we involve ourselves may not cause us to think that. But if we make the choice to do that, it will become habit forming for us, won't it? It become part of who we are. And I think that's something that we need to practice and not just this time of year.